Welcome to the Church at the Springs podcast. The Springs exist to lead our generation to God and connect people to a community of Christ followers who change their world. To learn more about us, visit thesprings.net. We hope you enjoy the message. Listen, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you guys had a great one. Just, just to sit around a table with people that you love. And I know some people do that with family and some people do, do that with friends. And, uh, and you know, we, we had a time, we, all of our family came in and it was a little crazy, but I'll tell you more about that later. Uh, but, you know, in all of our homes, we all have traditions around the holidays, right? Some of them you, you grew up with and you carried them into your, your family today and so, some of you have started new ones. And for us as a, in the Sylvia house, no matter what holiday it was, chocolate was involved. It's like we were just, I mean, chocolate happened. And so because of that, I'm kind of always drawn when we're out shopping and Christmas is kicking in now, I, I'm drawn to the chocolate aisles. Just to see what's new, to see what's out. What, and I found something uh, last week that is wrong on so many levels. And I, I found this chocolate, and it was Santa being pulled in, in his sleigh by his reindeer. Now, I'm going to put the picture up, and you just need to agree with me that this is wrong. Okay. <laughs> Yo, those are rabbits pulling that sleigh. It's like, are you kidding? I'm pretty sure that some Lynn chocolate executives got together and said, well, we got some extra rabbits left over from Easter. What do you want to do with them? Let's put them on the sleigh. I mean, the kids won't know the difference. And I'm pretty sure if you unwrap that chocolate Santa, it would be the Easter bunny. It, it was just... but. But then, you know, traditions, I, like for us growing up in New York, uh, we, we had that one weird tradition where you can crack the, the wishbone. You ever seen that? You know, you take the wishbone of the turkey and you crack it and it, the person that gets the biggest one wins and gets your wishes come true. You, anybody, any of you all do that? Oh, okay. You, good. Then, uh, and I, it dawned on me, I've, I've never done that since we've been married. That was something my nan and pop did when we were kids. And so I carved a turkey this year, and I was looking for, I said, well, pull out the wishbone. How is the wishbone on our turkey? And I'm like, y'all, there's something wrong. They have, and I'm carving that, and I told Teddy, I said, have turkeys gotten smaller? Because I'm pretty sure this is a chicken. <laughs> and and it come to find out, you know, it, they they have because I, I have had to research it and actually this year turkeys were considerably smaller because there was a flu that killed eight million turkeys so the bigger turkeys were harder to find we didn't find one so but but you know those it, going back to the table with your family growing up as a kid you you knew what to expect usually you knew. It, you know, for me growing up, it was like, I'm going to sit down at the table. I've got a seat and I've got a lot of turkey and I've got a huge bowl of mashed potatoes. And we've got a cranberry sauce from a can 
which I didn't realize there was another way to get cranberry sauce until I married Teddy. Did, I mean, just flop it out. It's really not sauce. It's more like gel, right? You just flop it and cut it. And, you know, it, but you've always got those things that you expect as a kid. But as you grow older, Thanksgiving changes. It, because you don't just show up anymore. You don't, now you have responsibilities. You have to bring something. You have to clean up. You have to, you know, you're, you have jobs to do. And, and yet you can show up and do what you're supposed to do and still miss Thanksgiving. Most of us probably do. Because Thanksgiving is not just a holiday. For Christ followers, it's supposed to be a lifestyle. And you know, the Bible says that gratitude is an evidence of spiritual maturity. It's like uh, in Colossians 2, 7, Paul writes and he says, let your lives overflow with joy and thanksgiving for all he has done. He said, be rooted in your faith, he said earlier in that verse, but your life should overflow with joy and thanksgiving. That, that's a mark. I mean, if you want to know it, the mature Christ follower is a grateful person. They're thankful. And there, there's power in gratitude. I mean, the scripture over and over again to say thank you. You look through Paul's letters that he wrote to the churches in the New Testament, and so many of them started with thanking God for them. I thank, you know, over and over and over again. And gratitude and thanksgiving, it's supposed to be a way of life. And yet, you know, today, research is finally backing up what Scripture has always said is true. That gratitude is good for you. It's like gratitude, you know, the studies are showing now that it reduces stress and anxiety and depression in people. When, when you're just, grat you have gratitude and you, you, you're thankful. Gratitude improves our relationships. And that makes sense because, you know, now you're nicer, you're more social, you're more appreciative, and your relationships are better because you you're exhibit gratitude. And gratitude reduces chronic pain. It says that one of the studies says that grateful people experience fewer aches and pains and report feeling healthier than other people. And, it, and gratitude improves overall sleep. They've done sleep studies and found out that if you would spend five to 10 minutes at the end of a day and just jot down some thoughts of what you were grateful for that day, that you will sleep better and sleep longer. That, that's amazing. So if all of these benefits are true, why aren't we more grateful? Why isn't gratitude a normal rhythm and cadence in our lives? Because it's not normal. It's not, it, it's, it's so counter to the way we live and it, and it just doesn't come natural. And, I, and so I want to sit down and look at gratitude. And the, the first thing to realize if you jot down notes or thoughts is that gratitude for e each of us is a choice. You have to choose to be grateful. I mean, you, if you don't, because if you don't choose gratitude in a day or in your life, you will become entitled. Entitlement says, I deserve it. I, you owe me. I, I have a right to something, right? We, the, and the enemy of 
gratitude is entitlement. And, you know, when you look at the generations today and all the generations, you know, of, uh, you know from boomers to millennials to Gen X, Gen Y, you know, it's uh, all of the, the generations that are out there. Do you know there's one generation that is called the entitled generation? And it's the millennials. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's that, yeah, hang on. I'm going to have fun in just a second. Because they were born between 81 and 96. They're basically 26 and 41 years old. And, and, uh, and it, it, they're known as the entitled generation. And before you, those of us in the older generation go, yeah, you know what? That younger generation, I'm telling you. <laughs> Listen, who do you think created them? <laughs> We did, man. It's like, you know, I mean, it, through our actions and our attitudes, we created that. It, because here's the thing. Entitlement is a learned behavior. I mean, millennials weren't born entitled. They learned because we, but the parents believed that they were entitled to everything. It's like, that, that's where the term helicopter parents came from, Right? might be a noble parenting style, but it has unexpected ramifications. It's like, because what happened in the boomer generation, boomer generation, they, typically they worked, they overworked and they worked so hard and they worked long hours. And because of that, they felt guilty because they weren't with their kids. So they gave their kids everything that they, they needed or wanted. Don't, no reason to say no. You, you just gave them everything. And then, you know, so we, we, you tried to make up for your lack of time by never saying no and buying whatever they wanted. And, and they're also, we also protected that generation, right? Think about the protection. Like when I was growing up, you, you could ride around in your friend's pickup truck with 10 of your friends, no problem, right? But today you gotta buckle a kid into like a space shuttle before they leave the driveway. Like, I mean, think about it. Oh, are they snug? Tighten them up a little bit. Doesn't care if they can't breathe. Let's go ahead and tighten that thing. It, it's, it's, and I mean, so many. And, you know, when I was a kid, you actually had to win something to get a ribbon. Okay, let's just keep going. I'll leave that one. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. It's not just them. This isn't a generational thing. This is a human thing. We all live entitled. I mean, we, humans are selfish by nature. We, we have to work hard to overcome it or suppress it. And that's why we have to choose gratitude. And Thanksgiving, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. It says you, you have to be thankful. You have to choose I mean, in everything. Do you, and if you're going, you know, I don't think I'm entitled. Let, let me give you a, a test on it. One of the things that, that crops up in our lives, one of the warning signs of entitlement is if you complain a lot. Complaining is a, is a warning sign. And that's why Paul wrote in Philippians 2.14, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. I mean, think about complaining. Complaining doesn't change anything. It doesn't make anything any better. It amplifies frustration and spreads disunity and discontent and discord. I mean, 
man, we have a, we have a culture that, that feeds on complaining. That's it. It, and it just makes us miserable. And it's also the arch enemy of gratitude because those two cannot live in the same heart. Gratitude uh, and complaining don't live. I mean, gratitude is a f- forgotten virtue. It's, uh, it's been drowned out by the voices of entitlement and complaining. And, and I mean, honestly, a lot of us, we, we struggle with this. I know I do. I mean, and I wanted to look today at an encounter Jesus had with a group of guys that uh, also struggled with gratitude. It's uh, the 10 lepers, and it's in uh, Luke 17, verse 11 to 14. Let me kind of take you there. The scripture says, as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria, and he entered a village there. Ten men with leprosy stood at a distance. They stood at a distance because that's what you did when you had leprosy. You, you had your place, and you, you, were, you, were, uh, you were a leper. You were disqualified. You couldn't be near other people. You, you were not good enough. A lot of people in that day felt like you had leprosy because of something you had done in your life, and that was punishment. And so they were pushed to the very edge of society. And it's not common today, but in, in biblical times, it was prevalent. And so, you know, it was this terminal disease because there was no cure. And so, it first killed the soul, and then it killed the body. It killed the soul. Can you imagine being in constant physical pain with leprosy that literally had body parts rotting off? And you were in constant pain, but you were also uh, segregated from society. You, you were pushed away from any relationships or contact or uh, intimacy. I mean, that, that's the way they lived. And... They, these guys, they kept their distance as prescribed by the law, but they sure didn't uh, silence their voices. They made up for the distance with the volume of their voice because they, they cried out. It says, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They're crying out. It's interesting, they called him Master. Nobody called Jesus Master except his disciples. Everybody else called him Teacher. But they knew who he was. They knew this is the one who heals. This is the one. Here he comes. And this is their one shot, their one chance. And with a loud voice, they cried out, have mercy on us. And really, it was like, have pity on us. Look at us. I mean, our lives, we don't have lives. We're dying. And, And then Jesus responds and said, he looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. They said, go, go show the priest, because the priests were the only ones that could deem them clean. So he had to inspect them and say, yes, you can go back into society if, if you were healed. But can you imagine, it says, as they went, they got up. You know the faith it would take to say, you know what, for I don't know how many years they had leprosy, how they lived as outcasts, but now they're like, okay, go, go see the priest. They kind of went, Why? We have leprosy. But the fact that they got up and went, they, and it said they were healed along the way. And I was kind of picture in scripture, what does that mean? 
What did it mean that they were healed along the way as they went? Like, can you imagine you got leprosy, you're walking, and all of a sudden the leprosy just dissolves and your hand is normal again. And I don't know if some of them had fingers that were missing or noses or ears that those body parts grew back. I don't know what that was like, but I'm telling you, they're looking, they're going, this is a miracle. This is a miracle. We never thought this would happen. Can you believe this? What has happened to us? And, and yet one of them went back to Jesus and the other nine didn't. Because the second thing about gratitude in your life and in mine is that gratitude takes time. We have to slow down to be thankful. We have to slow down to show gratitude. Think about it. You have to think before you thank. You, you have to slow down the pace of your life. And, and gratitude is this intentional. It requires you to be present and aware. I mean, how many of you have ever been accused of being ungrateful? Listen, both hands up for a lot of us, right? Because it I mean, and if you're going, let me ask it another way. How many of you have ever been a teenager? <laughs> right? I mean, and it's, that's the thing. You know, if you're, if you're a student in here, listen, the greatest thing you do, you want to change your life, go home today, sit down with your parents and say, I, Mom or Dad, or, I, I, just, I just want you to know I'm, I'm so thankful for you. Thankful that you, you provide for me. And I know you work really hard and, and I don't even see everything that you do. And I just want to say thanks. Every parent in the room, what would the next question be from you? What do you want? <laughs> right? Why? Because it's so rare. Because it, you don't see it. And the truth is, it's so rare in, in adults' lives as well. I mean, gratitude requires you to take the time and the energy to put a pause on your life and take the initiative to go back to the point and the person that we're thankful for. That's what this guy did in Luke 17, verse 15. It says, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus. Shouting, praise God, he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? I mean, that, that he was a Samaritan, which means he was not just a leprosy outcast, but he was, he was hated by the Jews. And yet this Jew named Jesus healed him. Man, he was, he was like, I can't believe what I just experienced. The Samaritan, he went back and thanked him. You know why? Because gratitude demands action. You have to do something with it. I mean, that, he, he went back. You, you could almost hear Jesus, how dumbfounded he was when he said, weren't there 10? Where are the other nine? I mean, I could just imagine him having this conversation in his head with the nine going, wait a second, you, let me get this straight. You were begging you were crying out. You were deep in distress. Your life is basically over. You cried out and God sent me. And this is the miracle of all miracles in your life. Where did you go? What are you doing? 
Hey, you got to admit, let me, before we get off on how bad the nine guys were, they really weren't bad guys. They, they, I mean, think about it. They got healed. What do you do when you get great news? I got to tell my friends. I got to tell my family. He said, they, they were, they went back. They went to a priest and he said, you're clean. And he went back home and they, they hugged their family. They, I mean, they had been a part and it's like, we've been healed. I can look at this. This is unbelievable. I mean, that's what they were doing. But yet, they were so focused on the miracle that they missed the miracle worker. And man, don't we do the same thing? You think about times when God does something so big in your life, when, it, uh, when he answers a prayer that you've been pouring your heart out to God for, you know, that may, maybe, maybe you got the job that you always wished and prayed for. Maybe, maybe she said yes. Maybe, you know, maybe your spouse gave you a second chance. And you got a new beginning and a fresh start. You know, all of these things that you never thought were going to happen that happened, then what do you do? Oh, man, this is awesome. And God never hears from you. And you just rush on. I mean, we do that. That's the pace of life and society. Man, I got to get on with my life, man. I got, I, it's time. I get to live again. And yet, Oftentimes, we don't express, if you don't express gratitude and you just think gratitude, then that's worthless. It's, silent gratitude is of no value to anybody. It's, it's that feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. The, those words, you, you give Gratitude. I mean, and when you build this into the cadence and the rhythm of your life, it changes your life. I mean, I, for, for me, this time becomes so real. When I'm sitting down with God, me, my Bible, my journal, and my devotional, it's just me and him. And I'm just reflecting, God, what you did in my life. And I'm, my heart is the fullest then. And I'm just journaling, writing it out, saying, God, thank you. It, because it forces you to pause. When you pause, you'll remember. If you don't pause, you'll never remember. And the further removed you get from an act that you're thankful for, a person or a place, the further removed you are, the that fades until one day you don't remember it at all. And God says, I want this to be in the rhythm and the cadence of a Christ follower. Because, because if you live that way, I mean, here's the question. Are you more like the one or the nine? Or the nine? Because how you answer that changes your life. And that, that's the thing about gratitude. Gratitude, the third takeaway is gratitude changes your life. It's like, it changes everything about your life. And like the, the one that came back, listen to how different his story is. Luke 17, verse 19. And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. And you might read that and go, well, wait a second. The other guys got healed. No, he didn't get, no, actually the, the, the verb that is used, wait, what he's talking about is not just physical healing. It's talking about a spiritual healing. 
Some texts say your, your faith has made you well or your, your faith has saved you. There, were, there was a much deeper dimension to what happened in his life because he came back to Jesus. And his, you know, and his gratitude led him back. Even though all 10 were healed, only one was made well. The, the leper is not only physically well, but he is fully restored. That, they got a physical healing, but not a spiritual healing. They just went on with their life, but they missed Jesus. And God says, I want you to pause and think through that. You've got to look in the rearview mirror of your life and see the people we have behind us who have played a part in our story making forward progress. They made a difference in your life that made you who you are. It's looking back. You've got to go back with a grateful heart. Do you push the pause button in a rhythm and a discipline in your life to say, God, thanks. God, thanks for the blessings. God, thanks for what you did. Specifically, don't you say, God, thanks for the blessings. But what, what was it that you're grateful for and thankful for? I want to encourage you, spend time every day in, in your prayer time and your quiet time. Sit down. For me, I mean, I'm a journaler, so if I'm writing it, I literally, my heart is so full when I'm doing that. Gratitude changes your life, and it changes the lives of the people around you. Do you take time to remember? Push the pause button with regularity. You know, I was thinking about uh, when we started the Springs, uh, in the first year, actually when we started, the uh, Major League Baseball was in the middle of a strike. And the, the strike was in uh, 1995, spring of 1995, the owners had to make a decision because the players went out on strike because they, uh, they thought they should make more money and have more benefits. And the owners wanted to put a salary cap like the NFL had. And so... They, they went out and, and shut down most of the season that year. They, they lost that season. And so the owners had to decide, if we're going to go forward, we have to contract other players because they're not going to play. So we're going to contract others. And, and in the spring of 95, they, they, they got players and they, they determined they were going to use contracted players. And it it didn't, you know, if they could swing a bat and they could feel the ball, man, they're on the team. There, there's like one guy who was coaching a, a little league team, and the next week he was playing in the majors. And that, that whole uh, season and time early in 95, I mean, it, it, it was, and if you watch the video clips of that, it, it, was, it, it was sad and funny, <laughs> the, the type of players that were playing. But... I mean, there was one pitcher that the manager, when he threw the, the ball, he used a radar gun, and the radar gun couldn't even clock him. It was moving so slow. It was just, they, these guys, I mean, but here's the thing. They were having fun. 
They, they were having fun because they arrived at the park before it was open. They were oiling their gloves. They were cleaning their cleats. They, they thanked the attendants for washing their uniforms. They thanked the caterers for the food they brought. They thanked the, the fans for paying a dollar to come see them. I mean, because these guys didn't see themselves as a blessing to baseball, baseball was a blessing to them. And in that short season, man, the Phillies, they, they gave away free hot dogs and sodas. And in the trade of the year, the Cleveland Indians gave five players to the Cincinnati Reds absolutely free. <laughs> Here you go. You guys need some? We got some extras. It's a, it, so the, these guys, what was it? What, what was it made this thing so intriguing? These guys were living a life that they didn't deserve. They, they were chosen not because they were good, but because they were willing. And they knew it. Their names weren't even on the back of the uniforms. I mean, they, they were jo- there was no jockeying for position, no second guessing the management, no walkouts, no strikeouts, no lockouts. It's a, they, they were just thankful to be on the team. And man, as Christ followers, shouldn't that be our attitude? Man, I'm just thankful to be on the team. That, that Jesus picked me. Not because you deserve it, not because we're good, not because you earned it, but because that's God's love. He picked you. I mean, when, when I push the pause button and I think about okay, go back to moments and places that fill my heart with gratitude. I am standing in it right now. I get really emotional because I didn't deserve to be a part of this place. I wasn't good enough. I didn't know enough. But God picked me and invited me. 28 years ago. And my heart is so full when I'm walking around this place and I'm talking to people and I'm thinking that this is being done on three campuses and online right now all over the world. And I'm like, full heart. I mean, because when God called us to start the springs, we never knew where we were going. I mean, and, I mean, take that one back, man. When I was 21 years old, I, I, was, I was a 21-year-old screw-up. I had failure written all over me. I had lived hard and dark, and God's name was nothing but a cuss word to me. And when I sat down with someone and they said I mattered to God and that Jesus loved me and he died on a cross for me, and I was like, Me? Man, when that washed over my heart, that changed my life forever. It changed my family's life, and it'll change my great-grandchildren's life who I don't even know. Why? Because I get to be on the team. Because he chose me. And, you know, for some of you, you're Christ followers. you got to know that. you got to sit in that, and you, you will live more grateful if you do. And for some of you, maybe you, 
you're where I was. You're where I was. You're, you're, I didn't know that God loved me like that. There's a cross that hangs through eternity that has your name on it. That Jesus said, I died for you because I love you. And I'm inviting you to something here. And for some of you, you've never stepped into that relationship with Jesus that you've trusted him to be the savior, the leader of your life. You can do that right now today. If you want to do that, let's go to the Father right now in prayer. I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here today and say, I want to begin that relationship with Jesus. I want to start it today. Tell him that. You can pray this prayer, not out loud, but between you and God. He said, dear Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross to pay for my sin and all my screw-ups and failures. And today, I choose to follow you, Jesus, and I ask you to be the leader. Teach me how to walk with you. And I ask and pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Church at the Springs podcast. If you were encouraged by this message, be sure to leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you're in the area, join us on Sundays. For times and locations, visit thesprings.net. And again, thank you for listening to the Church at the Springs podcast.